Hello everyone. I'm your Tilaka Kumar, the host of Selecta podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire and empower women to pursue an excellent career by filling the gender gap, to live to the fullest of her potential and to achieve financial independence. I will be interviewing amazing successful women sales leaders and entrepreneurs from India and around the globe. May we discuss their sales journey, their challenges, their wins and much more. Let's dive in. Hello all uh, audience so I'm happy I'm very much glad today to have a special guest who is tirelessly working to bring more and more women in sales so just to tell about uh, Heidi she is uh, having 30 plus years experience in sales and uh, she also a vice president of global sales in VXI organization and also she is CEO and founder of Girls Who Sell community and she recently board of uh, president in uh, Girls Who Sell Empower Fund. So it's a non-profit organization. She's working on upon it. And she's member of so many communities. I've just gone to <laughs> the LinkedIn profile. So Modern Sales Pro, Portfolio, Shio, Elevate Network, Women Edge, Rev Genius. So there are so many. <laughs> she's been part of it. So I'm very much glad to welcome Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Actually listening to all of that. No wonder I'm so tired. So <laughs> <laughs> because you're doing your passion, right? I exactly. It doesn't feel like work. So um, it's what I get up in the morning thinking about and what I go to bed at night planning for. So so can you just tell about you yourself, Heidi? Yeah. So a little bit about me. As you mentioned, I've been in sales for over 30 years. That just probably says more about my age than it does you know, anything else. But I started my career in advertising and marketing post my college education and did that for about 10 years, did some sales and direct marketing, client services, support work. And then, you know, as happens in the the ad agency business, at least here in the US, you know, you burn out, right? And because I was really fast tracked through executive level positions and I kind of burned out and I was looking to make a pivot and make a career change. And I bumped into someone who at the time owned a business process outsourcing or telemarketing company at the time. And he asked me to join his organization as vice president of sales. And I know obviously um, I do a lot of work in India, have over the years, obviously BPO and call center support services is huge in your country. I've worked with some of the most amazing, most powerful women that I've ever met all throughout India. So I'm very familiar with the country itself. But even here in the US, when I started, it was very male dominated and even fast forward 30 years it's still incredibly male dominated. And so I've always been somebody who was, you know, very focused on trying to help other women and be a mentor and and sponsor and trainer for other women who are on their own leadership journey, because I had a few I was very lucky to have a few incredibly powerful women that were inspirations to me and mentors to me along the way, as well as some fabulous men who embraced me and supported me on my journey. 
But, you know, I wanted to to try to help other women so they didn't need to encounter and overcome some of the challenges that I had as I was going through my leadership career. And so that's what I did. I sort of always did it within the context of the companies that I work for. In 2020, I decided to formalize the process after coming across a Harvard Business Review article that was talking about how women are the future of B2B sales. And uh, that struck me as like future, you know, I've been doing this for over 30 years. So, but then I began to peel back the onion and realized that we really had a significant gender gap to your point. I mean, that became my life's mission. And we launched Girls Who Sell officially in January of 2021. So this year, the company has just absolutely exploded. And as you mentioned, we just launched our nonprofit organization as well, the Girls Who Sell Empowerment Fund this year as well. So so that's a little bit about my background. Thanks for sharing. And just wondering, uh, how do you get into sales? It's by accident or it's by choice? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you know, sales was always a part of my life. My father was probably one of the best sales people I ever knew. He owned a textured coating company. So I think, you know, sales was always something that I understood and he modeled for me, but it wasn't a career by choice. You know, it was not like I woke up one morning and somebody said, you know, ask Heidi, what do you want to do? when you grow up, right? And I, you know, I certainly didn't say, well, I want to be a, you know, business to business sales executive, right? (laughs) I said no girl ever, right? I don't care what country you're in. And that's what we hope to change. So like so many other people, and we've interviewed hundreds of women in all different levels of their and stages of their career as a part of the Girls Who Sell launch, you know, I fell into it. I was very fortunate that this gentleman that I had spoke about gave me the opportunity. It was interesting because when I had met him, it was over lunch. I showed up at a restaurant. I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, he happened to be there having brunch. And he, we just started to chat. And he was like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm sort of in career transition. He said, well, why don't you come and work for my company as vice president of sales? I said, I don't know anything about the telemarketing business, right? And he said, well, don't worry about that, right? With your background in advertising and marketing and direct marketing and your innate personality, skill set and mindset, I think you'd be incredibly successful at it. Don't worry about not knowing anything. None of us know anything. We're figuring it out every day. And so literally that is how it happened. The next day I was in his office and two days later I was vice president of sales. And in wow. this, I didn't even know what I was doing. And it certainly evolved over the last 30 years. You know, I remember those days outsourcing, you know, or offshoring was, you know, putting work in Canada, right? And it was like, oh, you know, are they really going to be able to understand our business? And of course, now, you know, we're, you know, offshoring and outsourcing work all around the world, including India in a big way. So yeah, so I sort of fell into it, even though I had my father as a influencer throughout my life. And that's one of our missions, right? As a part of Girls Who Sell is to really begin to position sales as a viable career choice for women, because I I think that there is a negative perception of what sales is. There's misinformation about what it is and what it isn't. And, you know, it's just time that we've got to start overcoming that 
and repositioning sales as a, a very lucrative and, and viable career opportunity for women, no matter where you're at in the world. But what do you think is the is a major problem? Why there are less women are choosing sales as a career? Oh, that's a loaded question. And I think that there's a lot of reasons. Just first of all, I think sales has always been misrepresented when, you know, people think of sales, particularly women, they have this negative perception of what sales is, that you have to be aggressive, that you have to be, you know, sort of that used car salesman type of uh, mentality, Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if, if you've seen that movie, but, you know, but it's sales. I mean, it's just, it repels, right? Like it's, um, that you're sleazy and, you know, I could come up with a hundred different adjectives of the negative perception of sales and women don't want to be associated with that. Right. So as they think about a career in sales, they're like, mm, you know, no, I don't think I have the right personality skill set for that. And what we're doing is we're really overcoming, trying to overcome that and say, no, that actually is not what sales is at all. Right. It's about being part of a team. It's about identifying business challenges and creating customized solutions so that you can help move the needle and solve problems for your clients. It's about building relationships and building trust and creating jobs, right? I mean, in my career, I've probably closed over a billion dollars for the different companies that I've worked for and have created literally thousands of jobs around the world. I don't, what I do is not necessarily brain surgery, but I feel like I'm making a difference because being able to solve uh, business problems for my clients and as a result of that, creating jobs around the world is what gets me up in the morning, right? I mean, that that's important. So I think one is if we just got to bust the myth, right? And, and start repositioning sales as an opportunity to have financial freedom, to have flexibility, to travel, to build relationships, solve problems, and all those kinds of things. And I think once we do that, more women will be attracted to sales. The other thing is, is I think the way, way sales is advertising, job advertising for sales, recruiting ads are very, and I was just on a panel yesterday we were, where we were talking about hiring and and neutralizing job ads from a wording perspective, right? And I don't know if this is something that you're seeing in India, but here in the US, as an example, if a job ad says, you know, come and, you know, we have aggressive sales growth and you're going to kill it, just using the word aggressive, only it'll repel 44% of women from applying for your job. Right. So I think companies need to begin rethinking how they are promoting sales positions, the words that they're using for those sales positions and the qualifications that they're asking for for certain job positions. Because the honest truth is women have a confidence issue. We have an imposter syndrome issue and women won't apply if they can't check, you know, 10 of 10 or nine of 10 of the boxes. They won't apply, whereas men will be like, yeah, you know, I have, I meet three of 10, a 30%, you know, batting average is good. I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. A women won't. So I think we, there's a couple of things. And then we got to fix the whole bro culture, right? So once we, we fix the pipeline issue, which is what girls who sell, sell's mission is, right, is to create the largest pipeline 
of diverse early stage female sales talent. If we don't fix the culture of the organizations, then we can get them in there, but we're not going to keep them. So those are, you know, that was a lot (laughs) to take in, but that I think is some of the biggest issues that we have. Yeah, even in my uh, organization where I work now, I've specifically informed my HR to include female candidates also welcome to have a sales career. So after that, we could get a lot of resumes from female candidate. Yeah, I think it's great that you're even, you know, even saying that so specifically, there's it's like, you know, we're committed to diversity hiring, right? We want to add more women to our sales force. Apply. Even if you don't meet 100% of the qualifications, apply, apply, apply. If you ask me one my one piece of advice, that would be it. Just go for it. And you may, be re- you may not get the job, but it doesn't matter. There's a great quote from a male athlete here in the U.S. that says, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? Mm-hmm. That's Wayne Gretzky said that, but it's, you miss 100% of the shots that, that you don't take. So if you don't apply, you're not going to have an opportunity to get yeah. the job. So go for it. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I know that you do a lot of uh, creating awareness to college girls. So how is that going on? Do you think is it really necessary to create the awareness from the students? Yeah, we're even starting earlier, right? We're starting with high school age students right now because that is a very pivotal time of their life. You know, these young women are making career decisions. They may be deciding, you know, do I go to college? Do I not go to college? What's my passion? What interests me? What things do I want to study? What kind of jobs are out there that could provide me with a successful career and the financial stability that I'm looking for? Um, How can I provide for my family? You know, all of those kinds of things are happening you know, at the high school, at the high school level. And so for me there, you know, as we were putting together the Girls Who Sell organization and trying to figure out our primary demographic there, you know, I noticed that there were a lot of really great organizations that were working, doing work with women who were already in sales. So either mentoring them or providing training, whatever, right. But there was a huge gap in working with college age students. And I think if we're going to position sales as a viable career choice, we need to get younger, right? We need to get younger. That's what we're doing. And so we're partnering with a lot of, you know, colleges and universities, you know, traditional black owned colleges, because for, you know, me personally, it's not enough just to close the gender gap in B2B sales, but we have a, a, a very keen focus on the diversity aspect of this. So not just from a gender perspective, but from an ethnic perspective, from a sexual orientation perspective, from a socioeconomic background, all the different things that you would think of under that diversity umbrella. And so we want to provide opportunities to, you know, women that may not not normally have those kinds of opportunities. That's actually the mission of, of, the, of our nonprofit as, as well as to provide scholarships. So yeah, there was a huge gap. And to be honest, the other issue is I have talked to, I don't even know how many countless companies out here and everybody's like, 
we have a pipeline issue. You know, we want to hire more women, but there's just not, you know, women aren't applying or there's not enough qualified candidates, you know, female candidates out there. I, I sort of call BS on that, right? Like I think that the companies need to take ownership for the way that they're positioning those job opportunities, the way they're advertising those job opportunities and the current culture because the women are out there, right? They are out there. So yeah, we're getting younger. We're training women and giving them, you know, the one, just the first program we're, we're launching is just talking about why sales, right? To begin with, right? And so, so repositioning sales. And then we're the additional training programs that we're developing are teaching women, you know, this, the sales skills so that they can be successful at it, whether they go to college or not. We're teaching mindset. We're teaching them to address imposter syndrome and limited belief. We're building confidence. So, and then working with organizations on career placement of early stage jobs. So trying to fix the pipeline issue. And that's got to start at the high school and college age, in my personal opinion. What are your thoughts about that? I strongly believe it should come from the college time because um, that is the time where they choose their career. Right. When I was in college, I really have no idea what to say. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that's the very good activity we should do to create the awareness from the colleges because once they get into job, they're already in the other track, right? Right. Maybe HR, maybe uh, finance or admin. So it is very difficult to make them to, you know, bring them more into sales. So it is better from the beginning of the career when they, as you rightly said, when they have no idea which to choose upon. So if they give them the thoughts, yes, sales is also a career which they can pick it up. And that is going to give a lot of advantages, benefits. I think that creating awareness is very important in the early stage. I would agree. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of work being done in STEM, you know, around STEM careers, which is great. Like I'm a hundred percent supportive of that, but STEM careers are not for everybody. I certainly wouldn't, you know, be a, a coder, but there are a lot of young women who couldn't go sell for these technology organizations or these engineering companies. And I actually position sales as a life skill, right? You know, it's something that whether you end up being, you know, direct sales professional or whatever, the first of all, there's a lot of career options in sales, right? Depending on what you're passionate about, right? But there's also, it's a life skill. I mean, you're always selling, Yes. Always selling. I agree. You, know, yeah. you tried to negotiate with a three-year-old, you know, or a teenager and why they need to do their homework, you're selling, trust me. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Every day we are selling. Yeah. Whether you're selling an idea to your boss, whether you're selling a budget, you know, to get a budget approved. I think that these skills that we're teaching, these sales skills are things that can apply to every single aspect of your life. I totally agree. Even my recent article, I've given each and every role why the sales is required, like being a mother, being a girlfriend or being a project manager, uh, being a husband, why we should apply the sales skills. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that article. I mean, that's amazing. That's But that's absolutely it. What I love about that too is sales is actually, you know, talking about breaking the paradigm. Sales is not selling, 
right? It's actually solutioning. Once you put making your revenue goal or selling as your primary objective, in my personal opinion, you will not succeed, right? So I really, I like to think about it is sales is not selling, it's serving. I agree. Yeah. One more thing is like I talked to some of the organization, okay? They are saying they do not want to pick up girls for sales profession because they feel they are very soft-spoken they are not confident they cannot travel other place so i somehow feel that is a perception uh, you know the old myths the organization have so i personally talk to many and they do not want to prefer recruiting women in sales so what is your thought upon heidi you know i agree i don't think that that's an india specific issue i think that's a, a a worldwide problem because I think even companies here in the U.S. have that same perception, right? That we're going to be focused, you know, on family. Okay, why is that a bad thing? But anyway, you know, that we may not be able to travel as much, you know, in today's world, you don't have to, right? In order to be successful in sales, you know, listen, I raised three children, right? And traveled all around the world. I created a very supportive network, including my husband, who, you know, I probably couldn't have done what I have achieved in my life if I didn't have his support, right? And the family support. But, you know, I guess I'm proof, you know, I was able to raise three children. I know a lot of women who have had senior executive positions in sales and have raised a family and and traveled and and whatever. So I just think that's old school thinking. I, I don't think that there's any basis of reality to that. Women will make it work. We will make it work and we will over deliver and we will outperform our male counterparts 100% guaranteed. You just need to give us a shot. I mean, that's what I would say to them. That's just inherent bias that has no foundation in reality. And, you know, there's other kinds of sales positions that a woman can have, you know, an SDR position that is not necessarily a, you know, a bag carrying, you know, face-to-face, you know, traveling position, you know, Salesforce administration or whatever. There's so many different positions that we could bring more women into sales. And in terms of being soft-spoken or an introvert or, listen, again, I think that's just misperception, right? Yeah. Some, of the, the, some of the strongest salespeople I know are soft-spoken and introverts. And actually, that's their superpower because they're really good listeners they can really focus on trying to understand customer issues. They're not self-centered. They don't make it about themselves. They make it about trying to solve problems and serve their, their clients and their customers. So again, I just call say BS to all of that. So companies just, they need to get over themselves and just, just give us a shot. I agree. Yes. And I somehow feel, as you said, they, the girls, the women having the innate skills, You know, that is very much needed now in the modern sales, like understanding customer need, solving the problem of the customer and building a relationship and uh, judging them whether they're going to give the orders or not. I think these are all the skills, which is the inborn skills what women already have. So which is going to add value to them. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, that's the whole found was the entire foundation of, of Girls Who Sell, right? Because that Harvard Business Review article that I mentioned was not only was it talking about, you know, why women are the future of B2B sales, but it was talking about how women have the innate personality traits to be successful in sales. Women are more trusted by buyers, right? Than men. It's just a proven, proven fact. To be honest, we're better at it, right? We're outperforming men in a lot of different areas. It, you know, not only just in, you know, meeting or exceeding quota, but in terms of moving deals through, you know, the pipeline and, you know, any metric that you could begin to think about in terms of measuring sales success, women are successful at it. We are. I don't mean to stereotype and put men and women in boxes. So that's not my intent. If you're a male man listening to this, don't get, you know, don't get crazy. But that's the, you know, that's the honest truth, right? And so I do think that women do have the innate ability. And then you overlay mindset. I had I did a webinar this week actually that talked about sales personality archetypes archetypes. It's called sales personality archetypes. What's your superpower? And so I really think that we need to be true to our authentic selves. And so that to me is personality traits. And then you overlay mindset, which can be taught, which can be trained, which can be, which can be shifted, right? Because mindset is an attitude. So we had this really great discussion around the difference, uh, you know, comparing and contrasting personality with mindset. And I think you need both. Right. But there are certain things that are just innately female. And I think that's what makes us good at sales. Yeah, I agree. I somehow feel, as you said, the mindset in mindset, they should first believe in themselves. I think that is the key every woman should have. They should believe in themselves that they can do sales and they can do well in sales and they already have uh, innate skills in them. I think that belief in themselves uh, will give the confidence to them to get into sales. I agree. Unfortunately, that's a woman thing that we kind of need to to overcome because I think women more than men, you know, are talented myself, right? Like I, you know, I, I would be lying if I said that I was not, you know, if there weren't times when I was faced with imposter syndrome or, you know, am I good, good enough? Do I have the skills or they're going to find out who I really am, you know, kind of thing. And that's, that is a self-imposed limiting belief. That is something that is in my head that I need to overcome. And the way that I have done that is just to, well, journaling, I, I do a lot of journaling. And so I'll, I'll write down, you know, what are some of my limiting beliefs And then I figure out ways to reframe them into positive statements. So I think that's a really good exercise. So if you're fearful of applying for a job or, you know, you don't think that you have this, you know, qualifications to be successful, write it down and then reframe it on what you can do to overcome those things. And I I just say, hey, feel the fear and do it anyway, right? Like, Ooh, I don't know, you know, if I'm good enough for this or if I have the qualifications. Okay, just do it anyway. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, I think we got to get out of our heads. We just have to get out of our heads because we, because that's stopping us from being successful. Yeah, I agree. I think they have to just take one step first. <laughs> right, right. I think and baby steps, right? And just do one and right. Don't go to, from, you know, zero to, to 160 seconds, right? And I think having the awareness of when, you know, when you feel that resistance, right, that's to me a trigger, right? When I feel like, ooh, I'm feeling nervous about this or, you know, I just, it, I can feel it in my soul, right? In my heart. And I'm like, okay, that's me being in my head, right? So how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And how do I reframe it? So I just get over it and then do it anyway. The other thing that I've had to overcome, and, and maybe this is some something that our listeners have experienced as well, is this, this idea of having to be perfect, right? Perfection is an unattainable goal. It just is. And so give it up, give up perfection. I literally wrote a goodbye letter to perfect Heidi because I realized that that goal was impossible for me to achieve. So in terms of taking little steps, it's sort of like when you put your to-do list together for the day and prioritizing it. If you put a hundred things on there, you're setting yourself up to fail. But if you put three things on there that you know you need to get done today, and you know that you're going to be able to check those boxes at the end of the day, you're like, hey, I did it. And by the way, not only did I do those three things, but I did these other two or three things that weren't even on my list. I'm feeling really good about myself today, right? It's better to to just get something done than try to strive for perfection. If I wanted to strive for perfection in Girls Who Sell, I would have never started the business, right? If I felt like I needed to have all my I's dotted and T's crossed before I started, guess what? We wouldn't be here talking today. So I just had to live with the fact that I didn't have it all figured out. Then I had to live with that and realize that I'm going to, that I'm figuring it out every day and that's okay. And I'm going to make some mistakes and that's okay. That's okay. You know, I remember my mentor used to say imperfect action is better than waiting to do Perfect action. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's said even better. I love that. That's going to be our quote actually this week. <laughs> it, it, imperfect action is better than no action at all. Yeah, that's true. Here in India, the culture is such that a woman first focus should be on family. Right. And uh, if women, it's my personal opinion, if women do not have proper family support, to, to, to get into sales, to grow in sales, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard, right? So um, it's just building that support network that can take up the slack, right? Because if you try to do it all and be superwoman and don't, something's got to give, right? It just does, right? And so the only way to do that is to create a really supportive home environment. And if you don't have that, it's just going to be, it's going to be more challenging. In fact, I'm discussing in some U.S. company where they can have kind of a remote sales steps picking up here from India so that uh, even the housewives, they can work two, three hours to do this discovery call, you know, to do the discovery call and they can get the hourly paid. Yeah. That's a you know really good idea. 
I mean, when I worked in India and other parts of the world, right, I worked overnight, I worked US daytime hours, right? So that can be a little, it, it can be challenging on a long term, you know, sustainable basis. But if you're a woman and you can support US organizations and carve out some time, you know, in those US daytime hours, but then you can also focus on family during those don't yeah. during the IST hours, that'd be great. You just need to get sleep and need to focus on wellness and self care and be sure that you're taking care of yourself because that's a lot. It is a lot, right? So we are figuring out, but at least three, four hours, uh, it's something like they have to sleep 12 midnight if they work for a US company for a few hours. I think now most of the women are sleeping in the in that time zone because they have a children, you know, and they, yeah. they are used to, used to sleep at during midnight. So I think that should be okay. In that way, we will be able to give kind of a financial freedom, some extent to housewives, mothers. That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. The thing that I don't want women to lose sight of is taking care of themselves. Because if you're tired and you're burned out and it's impacting your mental health, yes. something's gonna going to give, right? I mean, something's going to fall apart and you're not going to be able to do anything well right? You're not going to be able to give 100% to your job. You're not going to be able to give 100% to your family. And so that's the only thing that I would say is don't lose sight of yourself. And wellness needs to be a priority. And by the way, this is the pot calling the kettle black because it's only been the later part of my career that I've done a much better job of trying to balance my own wellness and self-care with job and family. Um, so I haven't always been the best at it, but it can have a real impact on your health. And so I'm speaking from experience that if you if you do do that, it's great that you have the financial independence and you feel like you're making a contribution to your family. You have a sense of self-worth because you have a job and you're making an income and you're making a difference for the company that you're working for. All of that is amazing and awesome, but and you're raising a family, don't lose sight of yourself. I truly, truly, truly agree to it because even for me, I always think about how to have a good, healthy life, healthy family. I think that's the foundation you can really do wonders in life. If you have a good health, yeah, sustainable growth, sustainable success, if you want in your life, then health is very important. I agree. And I think having that sport network is a big key to that too, right? Is if you need to lay down and get your you know seven hours of sleep or six hours of sleep or whatever it is, you know, if it's during the day because you're working a night job and you spent the morning getting the kids, you know, ready for school and off to school or whatever, you may need somebody to, you know, or you have a young child still at home or more than one and, but you need to get your sleep, right? So you may have to figure out a way to get that kind of support during the day so that you, so that you can be effective and you can stay healthy. And that's hard. I mean, listen, I know there's no, Silver bullet to do all of that, right? You just have to have expectations and you have to ask for that support, right? You have to be able to ask for it. I agree. Even I have one year old baby now, <laughs> but nice. I have a good support system. That is why I'm able to do all these things. Otherwise, it is impossible. 
Yeah, I think you're the poster child for that, right? I mean, look, you're being able to have a great career. You're making a huge difference in your in your country. But without that kind of support network, it would be really difficult for you to be as successful as you are and also be a great mom, right? Um, and a great wife and a great daughter and a great friend and all the other things that, you know, that we need to have in our have in our life. I wonder, Heidi, specifically, I want to ask one question. How are you able to manage your passion, like uh, making difference in women's life as well as your job? Having it both is really tough, I believe. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, a lot of it is time management, right? Is compartmentalizing and being super organized in how I manage my life, right? So, you know, I have a quota, big quota at VXI, I have a lot of responsibility. I have an incredibly supportive boss and and CEO of the company. So again, talking about support network, they are 100% behind and supportive of my passion and my mission of what I'm trying, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish. And it benefits them, right? Even me being out here and, you know, putting myself out here and and talking about and being on your show benefits VXI as much as it does, you know, me from, you know, a girls who sell perspective. So being able to be out there and, and showing thought leadership and, and my, my commitment and passion towards diversity, equity, and inclusion benefits them as much as it benefits, benefits me, but not all bosses. I mean, I, I happen to be incredibly blessed to work for, a company that is that supportive, but it's all about, you know, managing my time and compartmentalizing. And frankly, you know, I'm working early in the morning. So I'm getting up and getting work done. I'm working over lunch and working after, after work, I'm working over the weekends. And again, like I said, the pie going to the kettle black, you know, in terms of trying to get that balance, but I do carve out time for my, myself when I need it, when I feel like I am just burning out and I've hit the wall, you know, I will take the time to go and take a bubble bath or go and get my nails done or my hair, my hair done or spend time with a friend or go on a date with my husband or whatever it is. And those are the things that nourish my soul and, and re recharge me. And that's really important. But unless you time block and you're organized, it, it would be really difficult. I can, to relate. I can relate a lot. Yeah, I can relate with you a lot. Because, you know, you have to sacrifice on entertainment. That is what I feel. You have to stop uh, spending more time on your entertainment. Right? So you yeah. really have to prioritize your time well. Yeah, I think prioritization is key. And I think giving giving up on perfection is is perfect. You know, we're not, I'm not, you know, well, my husband's a chef by trade, so he's the one that does all the cooking, but, but as an example, you know, guess what? Every night you don't have to make a gourmet meal, right? There might be toys on the floor, right? The house doesn't have to always be perfectly clean, right? There may be some things that you just need to compromise on because you're not going to be able to do, do everything. And you have to decide what that thing is for you or more than one thing is for you. I certainly can't can't tell you what that is, but I think it plays back into the perfection conversation is that you just have to be There's a great book by the way by by Tiffany Dofu called Dropping the Ball and it's all it's sort of all about that. And I drop balls 
all the time. Right? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just sort of getting comfortable. But as long as you're prioritizing and getting the things that need to be done, done. And then just for me, especially when it comes to girls who sell in the, in the empowerment fund, I have to be kind to myself and just realize that it's baby steps every day, right? This has been an age old, thousands of year old problem, right? I am not going to solve closing the gender gap in, in B2B sales yeah. tonight. So as long, and it's going to take a village, right? So sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough and I haven't made a big enough impact or, but if I can affect one girl today, you know, one woman who's listening to this call, then I need to be satisfied with that, right? If I can make a difference and just being comfortable with just taking baby steps, I think is really important. I can relate to that because even now people, a girl, one girl reaching out to me saying, I admire, I want to be in sales. You know, that one girl transforming is is the true satisfaction of what we are doing right now. That's right. I mean, that's what we're we're about, right? And so we need to be satisfied with, you know, as I talk about it, we is changing the world one girl at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just because you are into sales and that will help the audience, like what what is the key sales skills which uh, we can learn? So I think that's where mindset um, plays in. I think being curious is really important. You know, asking lots of questions, having that natural, natural curiosity to learn, you know, being a lifelong learner is really important. But I think that those are really important. And I think finding that confidence within you and is to move through some things that may scare you is also so I think I think those are some of the key areas that you know confidence curiosity and then having a bit of a competitive a little bit of a competitive spirit I don't think that you know you need to feel like you have to just squash people in order to be successful but you know you you do I think to be successful in sales you need to you need to be a little bit you have to have that winning attitude, right? That um, every day you want to try to to outdo what you did the did the day before and to win, right? To succeed in anything that you put your mind to. I think that's an important attitude. I remember the quote, like, unless until you are not convinced of winning the sale, you'll not be able to get the sale done. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's true. But you also, in my mind too, you need to also know when to walk away from a deal that is not necessarily a great fit, right? Because I think integrity, if you don't have your integrity, you have nothing. And in sales, if you think about why people don't like sales people, it's traditionally because of lack of integrity or you know they don't trust them, right? And to me, that's an integrity issue. So for me, I've always put integrity first. And, uh, you know, if I can't do something for a client, then I'll say, you know what, I don't think that we're the right fit or, and then I've had deals that, you know, I've referred out to other companies that I felt could meet, you know, better meet their needs and solve their problems. And, you know, and I've said, listen, you know, if, if, you know, in the future, you need X, Y, Z, give me a call, happy to help. But in this case, I think you are better, better off, you know, looking at these companies um, that could do 
do a better job than me or than us. And so I think, you know, if you talk about, you know, another skill or mindset or just way of being integrity is, is at the top of my list. I think integrity builds the trust. Yes, I agree. Just want to know, like, do you have any kind of a daily habits which others can follow? Like getting up morning, doing health uh, related steps, anything you have uh, daily routines? which we can learn from you. I really like journaling and I don't, I have to admit, I don't do it every day religiously, but I certainly do it when I need it and I need to get out of my head. So that's something that I would really encourage women to do is to keep a journal. I like to do it in the morning when I wake up versus at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, I I tend to be a, a little bit tired. I think you also need to know when you're at your best. For me, I know that I'm a morning person. I just am. I can. My husband jokes that I, I get more done before 9 a.m. Eastern time than most people do an entire day or an entire week, right? So for me, I know that 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time is my when I do my best work, right? After 4 p.m., it's not that I don't work, but I just, I try to carve out time to, that's when I, I take my personal time. So I might take time to talk to my husband or go start preparing dinner or have an early dinner or whatever. So then I might be able to regroup afterwards. So I just think, I'm not saying that that works for everybody, or but I think it's something important for you to think about. You'll accomplish the most if you're working during the times that you're at your best. And then I do try to take breaks during during the day. So, you know, eight hours of Zoom calls is not, is exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. And so I build in breaks so that I can, even if it's just taking a walk around the house or going out in the garden and picking weeds, I, I don't know what it is for our listeners, but, but I do having a cup of coffee, but I do try to build in some breaks throughout the day to recharge. I'm curious uh, what to learn personally, like journaling means, is it just the day or the week you will just uh, put it in the notes or uh, kind of a lesson learned or uh, the positive things, what you learned or negative, what you observed? Is it something like that? Anything that you want to write about, it could be a dream that you had because, you know, I wake up in the morning and be like, well, this is weird or, or just a thought or a concept or you know, if there's something, if there's something that I'm trying to figure out, let's say for VXI or Girls Who Sell, and I'm like, and I don't necessarily have the answers, so I'll sit and jot down some some ideas, just what's going on in my life, you know, how I'm feeling that day. There's no prescription of what you what you write, but for me at least, I find getting it out of my head and down onto paper, setting goals, putting together your to-do list, whatever it is. Getting it out of my head and putting it down on paper really helps me. Okay. I think one of the audience, Prabhu, he's asking, what is your impactful books? Can you suggest? Oh, I wish I was more prepared. Jill Conrath is my shero. Um, so she's, I know her books, you know, but I would definitely look at anything that she's put out. I think there's a couple books on, you know, sales strategy and authentic selling that I think are really important. And then any books on mindset, 
right, I think would be good. I can't think of titles at the moment, but, um, or authors, but I think I would definitely say that those would be good to look into. Okay, thanks, Heidi. And uh, the last question is like, what is your secret of success? You know, I don't think there's one silver bullet, but I think that there's, you know, of following your passion, doing something that you really enjoy doing and not compromising on that because then it doesn't feel like work, right? So, you know, always be curious, right? Like always be someone that is interested in in learning and in gaining more knowledge is really important. But I guess number one is just do what you love, because if you do what you love, then you'll be successful at it. And uh, like, what's your advice to women who wants to pursue sales or who wants to grow in sales? Just do it. Just go for it. Just move through any limiting beliefs that you have of why you can't do it or why you would not be successful at it and do it anyway. Yeah. So thanks, Heidi. It's a lot of insights. I'm happy many women are going to get benefit out of this show. So I'm very much glad and honored to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that I could share my stories and insights with my sisters and our male allies in India. I really, really appreciate that. And Uh, Thanks for all the great work that you're doing in any way that I can continue to support you. I will. Yeah. I think uh, whoever girls wants to get into a girls who sell, I think they can reach out to you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, you can always look at uh, on our website, www.girlswhosell. That's girls with a Z, by the way, G-I-R-L-Z, whosell.com. And there's a way to reach me, info at girlswhosell.com there which comes directly to me, pretty accessible. Feel free to um, reach out and connect through LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn a lot and very accessible and uh, happy to help and mentor and provide guidance in in any way I can because this is, like I said, it's going to take a village. So um, the more women we can help and and mentor, the the better it's going to be for the industry. Yeah, thank you, Heidi. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sell Like Her podcast. Do subscribe and share so that it reaches the maximum women to get benefit by listening successful women's stories. Let's join together and support each other to change the face of sales. Meet you in the next episode. Until then, bye. Take care.